0: had to sacrifice going to a tournament I think it was in Lebanon my last tournament that would have been for the under 20s and that was our pre-qualifying tournament for the World Cup and unfortunately we didn't make it through which I hoped that we would but it was right in the middle of the HSC exams and obviously you have to take it at the same time then that everyone else is and I had to sacrifice my position on that team because I wanted to keep going through into university and I wasn't about to kind of forfeit the Mm -hmm. best score that I could have gotten with my ATAR and I don't regret it it would have been nice to be with the girls and to kind of compete for our lives to make that first world cup in something like 15 years for the under 20s team but I don't think I would have gotten as good of an ATAR as I did if I didn't and I made the course that I wanted I managed to continue all the way through to Stanford and maintain kind of that high academic rating that I needed
1: Hello and welcome to the Second Wind Podcast, a podcast show where I, Ryan Gonzalez, former professional football player turned banking strategist and now life coach and the CEO founder of the Second Wind Academy, invite you to join me in a series of talks with sports people from around the world across various codes and disciplines as they share their stories of transitioning from a career as an elite athlete into a career beyond sport. Did they leave behind skills, or did they bring certain sporting skills with them, or was it much more about what they had to learn? In short, let's find out how they found, or indeed plan to find, their career second wind. These are stories of elite sports people, but they are people after all, and I believe that these stories are going to be of interest to those inside and outside the game. Let's be inspired by the stories of others. Our guest on the show today is Amy Sayer. In 2018, aged only 16, Amy made her international debut for the Matildas, the senior Australian women's football team. Shortly afterwards, she won the W League Championship with Sydney FC, and is now a sensation, playing in the US collegiate system for Stanford Cardinal. I've managed to grab Amy during her short holiday back in Sydney from her studies and playing in the US. Amy is a great example of a young adult with a solid grounding, prepared to make difficult decisions in striking that balance between sport and education. Amy, thank you for joining us today. What we'll do is we'll chat maybe for the next 15, 20 minutes, just understand a bit about you, and just talk about how you, while being a top performing athlete and international footballer as you are, to what extent are you thinking about what might come next?
0: Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for having me.
1: All right. So, Amy, as I read and watch you, it's absolutely awesome. I think what you've achieved so far, a relatively young age, is actually quite fantastic. Getting mm-hmm. to play certainly in Australia, getting to play out in the US, and also being an international, you living the dream. I certainly wanted to live. Unfortunately, by about your age, I was just exiting mm-hmm. the full-time professional football game, moving into I guess semi-professional and, and working in, in those different elements. How would you think? You know, when you look back about maybe six years ago, what did you dream of then? Where did you see yourself going with football?
0: I think so. Six years ago, I would be fourteen, and I think that was kind of the turning point for me. That was when I became aware of the Matildas, and I was entering the pathway through the Australian national team. So mm-hmm. I had made the under seventeen team, I was transitioning into the under 20s and we were in the middle of tournaments all across the world. So I think that was when it became apparent to me that, yeah, maybe this is a pathway that I can pursue full-time football, making the Matildas, which has always been a dream. So yeah, I was like right in the middle of it at that point.
1: Yeah. And that's you at school. And I'm sure, what were the girls around you doing at that time?
0: I mean, we're all kind of in the same situation. In the under 17s, we're all the same age. So we're in god I don't know maybe like year nine year eight year nine so just kind of like plodding along I was always like more dedicated to my studies than some of the other girls but we were all kind of caught up in it I think a little bit and then as soon as I got into the under 20s it became quite a different age spread so there were some girls in uni some girls still doing the HSC were in China and some girls were getting up at like 4am to travel to an international school to do their HSC so that was kind of I think good for me to see what some of them were doing and what I I had to expect so it was nice to kind of get that forward look.
1: Yeah and so how did you manage to find a balance between academic studies and athletic excellence?
0: Yeah so from a young age I mean school has always come first for me that was what my parents kind of taught me and it's become a very important part of my life and kind of how I am as a footballer but I think from being in the national team setup from such a young age and even before then being in kind of academies like the institute I had to work really hard to manage my school and soccer and just learning those skills really early of time management just have carried me through and even carrying me through right now now that I'm at Stanford yeah that's quite amazing
1: that ethic that came through your parents did a good job seems like you've been able to carry that on yeah. as well and so think about your HSCs mm-hmm. how was that period what was going on then
0: that was a very tough period I mean the HSC is so tough for anyone even if you're not playing at the highest level in Australia I actually had to sacrifice going to a tournament I think it was in Lebanon my last tournament that would have been for the under 20s and that was our pre-qualifying tournament for the World Cup and unfortunately we didn't make it through which I hoped that we would but it was right in the middle of the HSC exams and obviously you have to take it at the same time that everyone else is and I had to sacrifice my position on that team because I I wanted to keep going through into university yeah. and I wasn't about to kind of forfeit the best score that I could have gotten with my ATAR and I don't regret it. It would have been nice to be with the girls and to kind of compete for our lives to make that first World Cup in something like 15 years for the under-20s team, but I don't think I would have gotten as good of an ATAR as I did if I didn't, and I made the course that I wanted. I managed to continue all the way through to Stanford and maintain kind of that high academic rating that I needed.
1: Which is good. So, you getting into Stanford, I guess, like you say, you needed to get that ATAR Mm -hmm. to get up there. So, was university in the US something that you had on your agenda for quite a while?
0: It was always an option. I always had the option of going to college in the US, playing and studying at the same time, or I would have gone pro straight after high school. And I was kind of leaning more towards going pro in Europe or Japan or somewhere like that, but the opportunity came through BD Goad. She was at Stanford about four years ahead of me the assistant coach reached out to me and i went for an official visit to stanford in year 12 in the middle of year 12 and that's when i committed and it kind of became like a an actual option for me because i fell in love with the school fell in love with the team kind of what they had to offer what the coaches had to offer as well so that became kind of my move forward
1: how were you able to make that decision between continuing the w league going down that path or going over to the us what were the conversations had
0: i think because school has always been such a big part of my life i was always going to try and continue doing studying at some point and I think I've always said this it balances me out as a footballer I think I always need something else to keep my mind on otherwise I'll just keep turning over those mistakes in my mind constantly and I feel like I would just not be at the level that I need to be if I was just completely focused on that. Even if I went pro and dedicated myself to being mostly a full-time footballer, I would have tried to kind of keep plodding along slowly in some university studies, maybe online back in Australia. But when the opportunity for Stanford came, which is the most prestigious academic institution, as well as they had just won the ncaa national title so it's kind of hard to turn down something the highest level in both areas of the most important things in your life so that was kind of a big part in it and i thought that it was great to combine such high academics with a high level of playing i'm the sort of person who loves a challenge and any environment that i'm in i can always find something to learn about so i thought that it was something that i might have regretted if i didn't Mm -hmm. take the opportunity as well
1: yeah And so why is it still so important to you?
0: That's a really good question. Because it has been such a big part of my life, but also, especially for female footballers, it's always had to be to have, not a side hustle, but like something on the side because your professional career only lasts so long. And I think that's why my parents emphasised school to me from such a young age, because obviously I'm going to retire sometime 30, 35, but that's not even taking into account some severe like career ending injuries, which I almost had in 2018. I had to pull out the chili games that Australia had on home soil because I had a stress fracture in my foot and it had got to the point where I had to get surgery on it. And the surgeon had actually said to me if I had kept playing on it, which it actually wasn't hurting me that much. If I'd kept playing on it, I might've never like run again. So I was almost 17 at that point have your career end at 17 that's not something that you would expect especially when you're in the middle of playing with the Matildas which is what every young girl dreams to be playing so I would have been fine because I still had my school I was in the middle of I think school almost about to graduate and I would have already been going to university but having that on the side has always been something that I needed to have yeah. to kind of balance me out like I said but then I've always planned to go from a professional soccer environment into a professional working environment as soon as I've finished
1: Soccer. Right, okay. And so, what are you studying?
0: At seven, I'm trying to double major in human biology and philosophy.
1: What made you pick those subjects? <laughs> now, being an elite sports person is a life defining moment, often the culmination of years of hard work, sacrifice, and dedication, but it doesn't last forever. To so transition careers is never easy. It's even harder when it comes from a career you grew up believing you were born to do. I commit a good part of my week working with elite athletes on how to be equipped for that career after the game. To help them, I truly believe in the power of storytelling. Each week, I invite a guest to the show who shares their unique sporting story. We explore what identity they carried with them, what mindset did they need to tune into, and how do they determine and balance what's important in their life. If you're ready to figure out what's next for you, then schedule a conversation with me at the Second Wind Academy drop me an email too let's chat at secondwind.io
0: Because in Australia, I had applied for and got into a double degree in science and law at UNSW, and I'd made it in with my ATAR. So I wanted to do that if I had stayed, but I chose to go to Stanford, and they don't do an undergraduate law degree. So I decided to get that science part and my interest out of the way, which was human biology, which is so interesting. And then in my freshman year, I discovered love for philosophy and ethics, so I decided to double make Major
1: rather than just single major yeah yeah fascinating amazing how the brain works i mm-hmm. guess as people will look at you on the football field they won't necessarily think of the studies that exactly. you're doing those yeah. specific studies but from all accounts at least by watching you certainly come across as quite an intelligent player i know that which certainly comes across quite well so maybe there is something to that as well he mm-hmm. can be both an intelligent person and athlete <laughs> this is quite good and um, now you did talk about that transition from the end of your career end of your playing career into Mm -hmm. another type of career. So I just want to understand a bit more about that. What is then a career? What are you thinking might be relevant to you at the end of your sport?
0: Because I wanted to study law and I think I still will once I finish this undergraduate degree at Stanford. So that's an extra few years of study. I want to go finish that law degree and perhaps practice as a lawyer for a little bit, but because I'm really interested in bioethics, it would be kind of like a medical malpractice sort of area or to pursue an interest in like research research maybe and that's kind of where my philosophy major comes in as well yeah so just to keep going learning and then I mean I'm lucky that I know exactly what I want to do and which I've also discovered since being at Stanford mm-hmm. so I'm pretty like set on that path once yeah. I finished
1: yeah and so how many of the so your team at Stanford mm-hmm. but when you look at the Matildas how many of the Matildas are following a similar path to yourself or have
0: followed I don't think many. I think it was a different generation when a lot of them went through. I know quite a few dropped out of high school. I know even some of the girls in my year didn't even get an ATAR. They chose to go a non-ATAR route. Some are like didn't even finish high school. They went online and then kind of ditched that as they started to struggle to go pro. So there's a whole range. And I think I know a lot of the girls the pfa offers a lot of education grants to help them and i know a lot of the older players are trying to get like a nutrition degree online or something like that so i don't think it's as direct as what i've had which is to have my soccer and my school keep going parallel at all times but there is kind of a shift towards looking for a lot of them to have that professional working degree Mm -hmm. and interest as they start to get to the back end of their career
1: yeah well that's brilliant isn't it yeah that's what you need yeah and so you're saying it's being embraced a lot more and what's sort of motivating them to do that
0: i think as they get to the end of the career and they know that especially for female footballers where we don't have something even if you're the best player in the matildas you're not setting yourself up for life because there's just not enough money in the women's sport to mm-hmm. kind of do that yet hopefully but i think as they become more aware that what am i going to do once my career on the field ends how am i going to support myself for the next 60 years of my life I think it becomes a lot more apparent to them and I think it's unfortunate that it's taken that long for a lot of people to realise but I think it's great that they're starting to pursue those sorts of interests and ways to support themselves
1: yeah that's right I think it is absolutely it is indeed that's why we're having this conversation really is, is definitely about helping athletes male female to think ahead yeah to think about what that future is and so it's great sitting here with you and getting your perspective on what that could look like for yourself yeah. so when you think back then to that you took the brave decision or the brave decision perhaps not by yourself to miss the qualification tournament mm-hmm. of a, you know, 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Why do you think others didn't? Why do you think others focus more on the game? What do you think's happening there?
0: I think maybe it's different environments, different ways that parents have emphasised things. I think a lot of the time... The reason why I've noticed a lot of my male footballing friends, they find that they have to dedicate themselves entirely to football and they don't have those support systems to help them at the same time because I've had to make a conscious decision to put my school first when there have been many, many opportunities where I could have just cast it aside. But I think I've tried to maintain the importance of it and it's become important to me and kind of just looking to the future, how important it will be to have that and not have to worry about going all the way back to school when I'm 35 that I'll have this degree on the side and I think that a lot of the girls maybe just didn't have those tools that I had from a young age of, because I had to work really hard every single time we would go overseas I was the one locked in my room trying to finish my homework finish my assignments and keep up to date with all of my work it was tough and it's really something that you have to consciously dedicate yourself to and I might have like sacrificed a little bit of like just joking around with the team but it is really is something that you have to focus on and I think if you're not that one track minded about that sort of thing then it's easy to kind of put it to the side and just focus on football
1: yeah that's interesting what role do you think then is it parents role models and coaches have in that focus
0: I think parents is a big thing, I know a few girls whose parents have kind of encouraged them to push school to the side, whereas mine kind of put it in the forefront of my mind, and I think combined with kind of my personality and just how I am, that kind of ingrained into myself that focus. And then obviously coaches, they always want the best for you on the field. But I think recently it started to change into helping them focus on field. So since I've been in the US, I've been staying with a host family and they're amazing. And they have two young daughters and one of the girls, they both play soccer. And the oldest one, she's in grade eight and her coach actually got the team during lockdown because they couldn't train got them to do a little project to say choose your like top five universities where you want to go and they like did a little thing like hey these are my top like stanford princeton all of those and i think that's something that coaches might need to start to emphasize and i think it's different in the u.s because they have that sort of track to go straight from high school into college whereas here it's very different we don't really have that like university playing. A lot of, even the national team uses to transition girls from college into the national team. So it's also kind of a federation thing at the same time. So it starts with your parents, but it's also something that maybe the Australian Football Federation needs to start investing in to try and create that sort of culture. And I think that's why the US has been ahead of us for such a long time, especially in women's football, is because they have this pathway it's easy to follow
1: yeah yeah that's really insightful does it take pressure off you does it bring pressure on do you feel more pressure because you are balancing studies with sport or does it take pressure off the sport because you know you've got the studies
0: I think depending on what you're studying like when I'm in the middle of a term at school it's like complete stress because we have my usual day looks like 9am to like 1pm I'm in classes then I train for two hours and I'm back in classes and I might have like a discussion section at night so it's a full-on day every single day for 10 weeks and then you get one week off and then it happens all over again so it's stressful at the time but I think that it's a good way for me to distract myself if like something's not going well in school I have soccer if something's not going well in soccer I have school so there's that but then also in the long run just having that routine also helps because I mean this last 10 weeks went by so quickly for me and now I'm on break but it's like I'm just like plodding through slowly enjoying my time and then when I finish my four years I've come out with a Stanford degree yeah
1: yeah which is pretty cool on it yeah see you. yeah yeah. That would look great. So, just coming, I suppose, thinking then about how do you see a transition occurring for you? So, you think about an illustrious career, mm-hmm. you'll win leagues all over the world and I have to say Women's Premier League in the UK as well England as well <laughs> one of those you've got to get on your list yeah. if you can do me a favour Leeds United ladies that's really where we up <laughs> take them up thank you when you think about that illustrious career World Cup wins with Matildas mm-hmm. make it happen don't beat England in the final but make that happen so when you think then about what would your transition look like from being on field to off field mm-hmm. how do you expect to keep within the game
0: I think my transition to a working environment might be smoother than others because I've mm-hmm. consistently held like a high like degree path mm-hmm. continually. I think I'd still want to remain involved in the game, maybe yeah. in like coaching or just like commenting or something. Mm-hmm. But I think that less so for me. I would be involved because I know a lot of people when they're struggling to make that transition, they kind of revert back to what they know, which is yeah. soccer. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of people ending up commentating or like talk shows or I don't know coaching mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. But I think maybe kind of the busyness of the career that I want to do will take me further out of it. I mean, (laughs) I still have that passion for soccer, but I won't have to rely on it as heavily as some other people might.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And do you think it's something that will come after you're playing? Or I guess as you look around the changing room today, Mm -hmm. at some of the ladies who will have finished university, I'll say they're 23, 24 plus. Mm -hmm. Do you see them balancing pro football career and a working life as well?
0: I think at this point it's difficult. Maybe in the past it was less professional on the soccer sides, and at the same time that would mean that they had to maintain that second job but now it's kind of if you want to succeed you have to dedicate yourself entirely to soccer and I've seen quite a few people struggle with balancing it like the changing schedule always happens and Mm -hmm. they're trying to communicate with their work and then that limits them to also jobs that have that flexibility so I think at this point it's very difficult like one of my close friends who plays for Sydney FC she's currently struggling she has this new job that she loves But she just is constantly stressed because she has to manage that in her new position with kind of the changing schedule of Sydney FC. So I think it is very difficult to balance that professional on both sides. And I think at this point, without much support or kind of awareness of it, because there's not that many people doing that sort of thing, that it's too difficult to do both at the same time. It has to be one or the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That does make it tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that does make it tough. Look, when you're thinking then, so it was great, you spoke about the project with the U8 girls Mm -hmm. back in the US. When you look at those who are probably of the similar age to that, year nine, what would you tell them to focus on?
0: I think I would always encourage them to just continue all the way through school, like get your ATAR or whatever state you're in, get your university rank so that you have that option at least you don't have to take that course but at least finish high school, that's the least you should do Mm -hmm. and I think that that also helps discover kind of a passion for it because since I've been at Stanford, I love it so much, the academic, the actual Stanford side of it, the academics, Mm -hmm. the courses the professors, everything and soccer is just a bonus to that, it's like a fantastic bonus but it's that I've really discovered a passion off the field which I think that everyone needs to have because of the high pressure environment of the sport so for young girls I would say finish as much schooling as you can that is feasible honestly we shouldn't really be pushing like 15 year olds into the national team that young if they're exceptional yeah but we need to support them at the same time so i think it is important especially given the current state of women's football and the money and the salaries just to like finish high school and then maybe it is possible to study a university degree alongside as you keep going but yeah at its most basic i think that's the most important thing okay
1: Amy thank you very much for your time today thank you for having me awesome well done thank you for listening to the second wind podcast we hope you enjoyed hearing insights from today's athlete on transitioning out of competitive careers if you're looking for career clarity for your next step make sure you check out secondwind.io for more information or to book a consultation with me I'd like to thank Claire from Betty Brook Design, Nancy from Savvy Podcast Solutions, and Cerise from Copying Content by Lola for their help in putting this podcast together. That's all from me. Take it easy. Until next time. Second Wind Academy specializes in supporting individuals who are looking for their second wind in career. The key thing is to remember that reshaping your career, recrafting and transforming your career is a team sport. So don't do it alone. If you're thinking that I might be able to help, then please get in contact with me through my website on www.2ndwind.io. That's www secondwind.io. It's also in the show notes.